the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, good afternoon, one and all, on this delightful Monday. It's Monday, September 20th at 106. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Uh, this portion of our program is brought to you by JKL Engineering. Call JKL today. Now, listen, this weather is just delightful, but as you know, wintertime will be coming. Call JKL. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Call JKL Engineering today, 401 351 7600. 401 351 7600. JKL Engineering, 54 years in business. JKL, they do it right. They do it right the first time. Call JKL Engineering today, 401 351 7600. 54 years in business, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's JKL, 401 351 7600. 401 351 7600 for JKL Engineering. Well, folks, let's go with um, some of the news of the day. Now, in a courtroom in um, <clears throat> Fall River, uh, I don't have tremendous interest. I do want to see how much time this guy's going to get this Jazzle Korea. And then we have some other news regarding um, the, uh, the terrible situation of the, gir- the girls from Long Island. So she's fr- that, that Gabby Petito. She's from Long Island. But then she was living down in Florida with that boy or the man, Brian Laundrie, and his family. And then they decided to go off on the cross country. But let me just um, see some of the latest headlines uh, on this. That and, and unfortunately, as far as for that, there's, there's just nothing good about it. Um, you know, there seemed that this... This couple, this young couple, should not have been traveling cross-country alone. They should not have been traveling cross-country. I, I don't know what happened. And then the police apparently, you know, stopped them. And the, the police determined that she was the aggressor and was hitting him. So... um I don't I don't know you know what to make of that and then then she disappears and and then all of a sudden you know he just he just returns from the trip and the family's not hearing from her but um there's there's just nothing um positive about that story other than that they should not have been traveling and she should not have been there, there was just then no one around there was no line of defense apparently they were living with him and his family which puts him you know kind of that certainly puts him in the in the power position so to speak and I and I don't know enough or I don't think anybody does actually of what exactly happened as they were off on this um, just off on this this cross country trip but um, this this business of it could have happened to anyone I don't I think you're going to learn more about the fiance and, and that he is just he is uh, unhinged, as they say. I think we are going to learn more about it. And listen, she was still 22. And already, you know, I think you're going to, we're going to learn that, that it was not, it was not a good idea for her. And maybe, maybe her parents had reservations about him or I don't know. If they then were just all in on, yeah, no, it's it's totally fine that then they're traveling on their own. So the police are searching for this guy. 
They search in the home. And you have the body found. I mean, it. there's, there's nothing about this that um, that is good. But she's, it's one thing. So she's 22, he's 23. But that, that that's not to say someone can be kind of a young, immature 22, but, you know, maybe like an 18 and 19 year old. Police defend approach questioning who's now also missing. I mean, they were on the radar screen. She went missing sometime late August. Showed up alone at his parents' home in the van. To won't tell police when he last saw her. Why didn't they drag him in for questioning? They had no authority to execute him. And we will talk with our legal expert, Tim Dodd, about this. But, you know, I've heard people, well, they got to just arrest him. They don't have a crime yet. They had not had a crime. They don't even know really what happened. And suddenly he's just not saying anything. You can't just arrest people. So, you know, it's interesting, folks. You have, on the one hand, you have people looting and rioting and Black Lives Matter. And people say, well, you can't arrest those people. And then you have this type of situation. Yeah, there's nothing that sounds good about it. But you can't just arrest someone like that because they don't, they don't know what happened. Pat Diaz, former detective, plays a leading role in this show, Cocaine Cowboy. So the police wouldn't necessarily have the need to suspect a crime in order to get warrants for a missing person case. Um, was suspended. Uh, Fox News was barred from entering the road leading to a campground. The FBI was searching. But, well, they did find, um, they did unfortunately find the remains of that poor girl. Please call the Florida home of the boyfriend an active crime scene. Well, he went back there without question. Um, There's nothing good about it, but let's just be very clear that there were, we don't know what was said between her, what she said to her parents or what her parents were hearing about what was going on in the trip. So maybe they had very, very bad feeling about it. And maybe they had a, a bad feeling about it for, you know, quite some time. But there's got to be, you know, maybe, and and just they're going to go around and document their travels. Like, document it to who? Who are they documenting it to? I'm not sure who they're, you know, there's too many people that just think, yeah, we'll just go and just start posting things on on social media. Now, what's interesting is you would think that that would kind of, keep someone safe that that would maybe keep someone safe if they're documenting their trip it's almost like having you know like a rolling video along with them but certainly doesn't seem to be the situation there's something very odd about um, and also that some people pick this guy up for hitchhiking so please say search of exhausted for boyfriend live updates. Um, let me just play. This is a, an ABC report on this um, whole story that uh, massive search is continuing. And then I am going to talk about the situation at the border. And then it would seem that Governor McKee is going to have a, a difficult week in store for the governor based on this blockbuster story that Channel 12 is seems to be teasing at the moment. Um, Tim White, they have a follow-up on that contract. More details are coming out. Um, and I'm going to guess that none of this sounds good for Governor McKee. Let's hear. This is the border situation, folks. Oh, it's one of those. This part of the border behind me closed as officials work to process those migrants. Do you see all those people that are under there? Meanwhile, thousands of families and others seeking asylum are still under that nearby bridge, waiting for the U.S. to tell them what's next. The first images of that massive deportation effort underway, captured by our ABC affiliate WPLG. Flights of migrants from Del Rio, Texas, returning to Haiti. Approximately 13,000 people, many from Haiti, the country ravaged and unstable after the assassination of its president and a deadly earthquake in August. Others from South America seeking refuge underneath the Del Rio International Bridge on the Texas border. 
This was the main point of entry for those migrants. Border Patrol officials say thousands of them, many with children, taking this narrow and treacherous path across the Rio Grande. An unprecedented federal and state response. 1,000 Texas state troopers backing up 600 members of Customs Border Patrol. Inside this sea of humanity, officials say incidents of violence. Migrants bathing in the river, crossing back and forth for food, makeshift shelters built to protect from the 100 degree heat then there's the COVID concern we are providing food water portable toilets towels emergency medical technicians are available for first aid the small border community overwhelmed we're a very welcoming and loving community but you know we can only provide so much this was, of course, a devastating update out west in that multi-state search for Gabby Petito. We're hearing now from family members who were desperately hoping that Gabby would be found and who now are grieving. And at the same time here in Florida, officials have still not located the person of interest in Gabby's disappearance, her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie. The dark discovery in Wyoming, a body believed to be 22-year-old Gabby Petito found near Grand Teton National Park. Full forensic identification has not been completed to confirm 100% that we found Gabby, but her family has been notified of this discovery. Overnight, her father reacting to the news with this tweet. She touched the world. Grim news coming as authorities are in the midst of a separate massive manhunt for Petito's boyfriend, Brian Laundrie. This weekend in Florida, search crews desperately sifting through thousands of acres of alligator-infested marshland. The FBI using drone technology, ah. ATVs, and canine units to try to pinpoint his whereabouts. You could be out here for, for months if you wanted. Laundrie's parents alerted police he was missing on Friday, saying they hadn't seen him since Tuesday. He's still a person of interest in Petito's disappearance. Petito and Laundrie had been on a cross-country road trip together, sharing their adventures on YouTube. They were last seen together August 24th, leaving a hotel in Utah. Petito telling her mother over the phone the next day they were on the way to Grand Teton National Park, where that discovery was made on Sunday. Days after they were seen together, Brian returned home to Florida alone in her van. Well, folks, that is, um, as you just heard, good afternoon. That is uh, the latest now. And uh, nothing about that, as I said, nothing about that seems um, seems positive. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, good afternoon at 119 now on this Monday. Now, um, I also want to point out that what I started to say earlier, I, I know big news of the day is Pfizer. Pfizer is saying that they have, Pfizer has, uh, they feel that now the, they have a vaccine from kids 5 to 11. But the fact is, I, I think, you know, the government right now, local politicians, officials, they're suffering from, they're suffering from a credibility problem right now i think i think they're suffering from a credibility problem i think a lot of people are questioning many of our elected officials and it's going to be problematic when you have with now that that's a different animal when now you have to trust that these people know what they're doing. Pfizer said the COVID vaccine works in kids ages 5 to 11. So, but I think people are going to be suspect about this. Very, very suspect about it. And and people right now, let's face it, the Biden administration is, um, the Biden administration is definitely, you know, tumbling right now. Tumbling right now. As far as credibility. And on top of that, I, I don't think then you have locally as much as Governor McKee is given the task of trying to, you know, make people feel comfortable locally. It hurts then when he has a controversy. Now, I want to go to, though, 
folks, she's talking about where President Biden is. Let's go to this is yesterday on this week. The recommendation on the booster was more narrow than President Biden wanted. You heard Anthony Fauci's explanation of that. But he is being criticized for jumping the gun. What happened? Well, it looked like the White House was getting ahead of the science, that the White House was getting ahead of the health experts. And, you know, Dr. Fauci seems to be in a little bit of a spin mode and saying, look, we were just wanted to be ready by this day. But make no mistake, Martha, when the White House ruled this out, the expectation was you would begin the process of boosters for everybody on September 20th. That was not the recommendation uh, of the FDA advisory panel. It will not be what the FDA goes forward with and also. All, you know, all likelihood. Uh, and this is important because Biden's credibility on COVID has been his, his has been what has driven his level of his popularity. I mean, this is this is what he is trusted most on and what he needs to be trusted most on. And we've seen it eroded uh, over the past several weeks. And boy, Rachel, you're sure it has in a big way. I mean, it just has folks in a big way. And then meanwhile, You know, look at, let's listen, this is Fox Report, folks, what things are going on. This is going on at the border right now. To be in contact with you over the weekend, for all the stories that you've covered, you think this one is one of the most incredible of your career? Dana, good morning to you. It, it absolutely is. It's, it's like another world down here, and the federal government is still grappling with how they're going to fix this. Take a look at the situation under here. Again, we are live under the International Bridge here in Del Rio, where, as you mentioned, upwards of 12,000 migrants are still living here, huh. waiting to be processed, waiting to see what happens Get to Nick them Narducci after they down illegally into the country. You can see many of them have used sticks and plants to kind of build temporary structures here. Some of them have been here since Wednesday. Many of them don't know how long they're going to be here or if they're going to be deported. But take a look at the second camera angle we have right here just to give you the full perspective of how many people are here. This is a massive camp. It looks like a third world refugee camp. The conditions here are absolutely horrible and it is blistering hot out here in the middle of the day. We're talking 105 degrees, horrible conditions and Border Patrol right now still doesn't have the manpower. Take another live look at our drone above. We've been showing our drone for several days down here now. Again, just showing you the scope of how many people are down here. The federal government has started repatriation flights back to Haiti. It's mostly Haitians down here, but that's mostly single men being sent back. A lot of the women, children and family units will be able to stay. They'll be processed and released in to the U.S. with NTAs. Notice two appears. Why are there so many people here? Take a look at this remarkable video we shot on Saturday. We got exclusive access to go out on the Rio Grande in a boat where we were watching a constant stream of hundreds of migrants crossing the river illegally from Ciudad Acuna, Mexico, just walking across the river over a dam right into the United States, which is right down the road from where this bridge is. You can see the mass of hundreds of them right there. That wasn't stopped until Texas DPS surged hundreds of troopers down here they were finally able to plug that up. Well, what happened? The migrants moved downriver. Take a look at this video from yesterday. This was another area where they were trying to cross. Texas DPS and Border Patrol on horseback were having to go down there to try to push those migrants back across the river and back into Mexico. Yesterday, Del Rio's mayor, a Democrat, said he's tried getting in touch with the White House, but he hasn't heard anything. Take a listen. But you have been- Folks, it is. I mean, think of what you just heard. And this is um, this is supposed to be under the caring, compassionate crowd, right? All right? I also want to just play a little bit. Good morning, America. This morning had on Bob Woodward, Robert Costa, one on one about their book Peril about President Trump. Now I know some people are going to like this, but I just want to hear what they have to say. Uh, I guess the here we go. Costa, the Washington Post. Welcome to you both. And Bob, let me begin with you. It's not just the former president who's using the word. Or trees and uh, Senator Marco Rubio talked about treasonous behavior in his statement as well. As you reported on Millie's talks with the Chinese, did you think you were documenting treasonous behavior? No, not at all. Uh, I guess the best way to answer that is to tell you what we found. Uh, two days after the insurrection on, at the Capitol was a moment of maximum tension and uh, Millie talked with back channel top secret back channel uh, but to others were on the call right? others were on I the- don't know whether others were on the call what we do know and report which I think is significant here after the call he then gave a full briefing to four people Gina Haspel the CIA director said to her, watch everything, 360, 
talked to Paul Nagasani, who heads a national security agency, which does worldwide eavesdropping, and said, needles up, which is an expression, listen everywhere. He took, he talked to the chiefs, the head of the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force, and said, full time, watch everything. And then he called uh, the admiral in charge of the region in the Pacific and canceled, asked him to cancel operations that the Chinese might uh, see as uh, some somewhat provocative. And so there's nothing hidden about this. It is a top secret now, again, this is uh, with their first interview. Let me continue now. This is um, Stephanopoulos with Woodward and um, talking about the book Peril. So you know Vladimir Putin. You think he's a killer? Uh-huh. I do. So what price must he pay? The price he's going to pay, well, it's you'll see shortly. The flashback with Biden. Putin was not happy. No, I mean, this was a stunning. We were able to get uh, details of what happened uh, in, I, I think it was April, so just several months ago, uh, between Putin and, and Biden. And, and Putin starts, I'm not happy you called me a killer. And Biden gets very defensive and said, in your interview, well, it was on a, another subject and my answer was not premeditated well of course it's an open interview you can ask any question and you see and we were able to work through what's the Biden Putin relationship which is critical to the United States. Clearly is we only have a few seconds left final words of the book peril remains what is the peril? President Trump's conduct alarmed everyone, nearly everyone, in his inner circle, his administration. He could very well run for president in 2024. And this system, the American system, tested all the way to the brink, could be tested again. And you guys have done it again, Peril? Again, folks, uh, I I still don't understand how that General Milley is, um, how he is still in office. I just don't. Folks, here is... um, and again, good afternoon at 128. It's John DePietro. I, I want to play. This is also Chuck Todd Biden has a credibility crisis on his hands. I want to hear this a little bit because this is, again, normally the people that are defending him. But they're falling off and they're not defending President Biden. Who should they? I don't think they should be. As a matter of fact, I don't think they should be based on what's been happening. So I want to just um, hear him talk about and. The the border is a problem. The border's always been a problem. And 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 obviously now with the booster shots and COVID, it's it's a problem. Let me just hear this. The border crisis. We can talk about the period of about one hour on Friday, where we learned that the drone strike that had been touted as an attack and a victory over ISIS actually killed a group of civilians, including seven children. France recalling its ambassadors from uh, from Washington because of that nuclear deal they were cut out of between the United States and the UK and Australia, and also the COVID booster news that all came on Friday. How is the White House managing all this, and what do you expect to hear from the president at the UN on Tuesday? Well, look, I think he's got a, a, a pretty big uh, credibility crisis on his hands because all of these problems in some ways showed up after he said something basically the exact opposite. Afghanistan withdrawal wasn't going to be messy. This wasn't going to look like Saigon. Uh, The booster shots, he came out and essentially said eight months and even indicated maybe we should start it as soon as five months. Now we're not sure if anybody under 65 is going to get a booster shot. Uh, So, you know, he's had and of course the border has been you know, whether this is, you could we can talk about the border problems you could say there's years in the making but the, the, it's pretty clear we have a bigger problem now than we've had in years. And this is a these policies have turned into becoming a magnet. So he's got a lot of work to do. The U.N. speech, look, he's got some credibility issues on the world stage uh, are uh, to see and make sure that people still view uh, America as a not just a stable democracy, but a competent uh, leader of the free world right now. So, look, he's got a lot of work to do, I think. The next month's going to probably still be tough for him politically because he's got to get this big bill through Congress. If he can get that thing passed, Willie, I think he can start to, you know, uh, uh, t- 
take a few breaths here a little bit, but he's got a lot on the line here this month, that's for sure. Well, the fact of the matter is, from what we understand, folks, and again, that was, you know, Chuck Todd, I thought that was pretty fair, but the problem now, the problem now for problem now for, for Biden is I, I believe that Joe Manchin is saying that he, <clears throat> he thinks they want to put it off. He, he thinks maybe that's something to be done next year. And they have put, you know, all efforts behind that whole thing, which, by the way, I, I just think it's also it's just way too much money. The amount of spending is just outrageous. Now, let me just also check some other news here. Story updated. Let's see. 471 of 753 men in the intake center are not vaccinated. 63% of that population. Understandably, deputy sheriffs are concerned. So this is the journal. How many Rhode Island State Trooper sheriffs are vaccinated? The state isn't counting. This is a problem for Governor McKee. This is a problem for Governor McKee. What do you mean you're not counting? Unlike many local police departments, the State Department of Public Safety, they're not tracking COVID vaccination rates in the ranks. Department of Public Safety is not monitoring who in its staff has received a vaccination. It's not something we're tracking. Neither the Rhode Island State Police or the Rhode Island Division of Sheriffs maintains responsive records. How is it possible? You're hearing about first responders. You're hearing about doctor, uh, nurses and first responders and healthcare workers that may lose their jobs. Deputy sheriffs transport people to and from the ACI. Capitol Police officers provide security at the state house. Um, the head of the sheriff's union said he doesn't know that his members' vaccination status. They're concerned about prisoners being transported. How is that going on? 63%? Here's some numbers now. Medical director of the State Department of Corrections reported in March 70% of the staff, 74% of the people behind bars had received one dose. Those numbers have now shifted. 72% of staff and 61% of people incarcerated are fully, fully vaccinated. Highest percentage of unvaccinated people behind bars is the intake center. There are 471 there. 471 of 753 are not vaccinated, 63% of the population. Well, so I think a fair question is what what is what is Governor McKee doing about that? Right? What is he doing about that? Why why is that allowed? Why is he putting everything on first responders and now but state troopers don't have to? I mean, that just doesn't, that is, that is not, that it's not fair. Folks, it should be either across the board or, or not at all. And it is certainly not working out that way. So now, I don't know, that, as I had told you, by the way, over the weekend, and again at 134, folks, good afternoon. It's Juan, it's John Petro on AM 1380. And 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. Now, I had said I thought the January J justice for J6, I didn't think it was a good idea. I had told you that at the most it was going to be 700 people. And then someone else said, oh, I heard it's going to be a huge protest. You know, there, there was at different times there were more media than people that were there. There, there were more members of the media than protesters. Now, I'm seeing right now, Manchin wants to pause voting on the social spending package. And an NBC reporter put a pause would almost be certain demise. So, boy, that guy, he is the power without the power player. Without question. Um. Let me just also, uh, Haitians continue to stream across the U.S. border. I mean, this is completely ridiculous. 
breaking. Democrats can't use the $3.5 trillion social climate programs to give millions of immigrants a chance to become citizens. I mean, that is ridiculous. Amnesty for 8 million people. And they're trying to put it in a, in a, in a climate spending package. But I mean, that is just, folks, there's just no end to it. Now, at 1.36, if you're just tuning in, folks, again, good afternoon. It's Juan. It's John DePietro. Now, I'm seeing former Fall River Mayor Jazzle Correa to learn fading corruption case. Um, I, I think he's really going to get tagged. And this guy could end up, and again, he has shown no remorse, probably thinking he's, you know, stay out on, on appeal. I, this guy could end up getting like 10 years in, in prison, this Fall River mayor who was as dirty as they come. Um, FBI swarmed the Brian Laundry family home, execute search warrants, as they should. You know, that story, though, something was wrong. Those two people should not have been traveling together. They should not have been alone. As soon as things started to break down, you know, there was a lot of trust with her family with that guy and his family, and then allowing her to travel with him around the country. A lot of, just wonder, what, what did the parents really feel? You know, and I also want to address, granted, th- this girl, it's so sad that they have seemingly found her, Gabby Petito remains, and that Brian Laundry, the boyfriend, still missing, but Listen, she is, when someone is 22 years old, which was her age, she decided to go live with this guy and his family in Florida. And then then they decide they're going to go on this trip in the van. When they're their age, that age, excuse me. All right. It is true. You know, 18, they're an adult. But at the same time, I just wonder if did the family in any way and the mother was contacting her and you know folks so the mother was also receiving what she thought was text from her but no real response and what's interesting about that is that can then be deceiving you know because you don't really know who is in fact uh doing the texting you're just getting a a text, but you don't know really who it's, hear me out, who it's coming from, right? You just know you, you are getting a text message. But uh, you just wonder if at any point parents had some reservations. You're only 22. You're going to go live with this guy. I don't know what his occupation was. You're going to go live with him and the family in Florida and you just wonder if at any point parents thought you know maybe this isn't the best idea maybe maybe she shouldn't be just down there living with this this guy Brian and his family maybe you know I don't know about that Maybe we're going to help her find a job and then she could live near them. But this is, um, I mean, right now, I mean, this is now they're looking for the boyfriend. Again, Northport police authorities say a body discovered with that of the 22-year-old woman. Then they're trying to now find the boyfriend. He's missing. Last seen Tuesday by family members in Florida. Something odd. Now, I, I am a little surprised the police was not tracking him in this business of then posting. She touched the world. But I think this is, I don't want to say a teachable moment, but you have to be on guard with, you know, she obviously was still in communication with her family. And maybe they needed to say, I don't know if that's such a good idea. Maybe you shouldn't be traveling with him. Maybe you shouldn't be living with him and the family. There was supposedly nephews around. And 
I just don't like any of this. The pair left in July, cross-country track, converted van. Then suddenly he's alone driving back to his parents' home. I mean, what does that mean? Um, and then they're trying to find him 24,000 square acres. I mean, good luck. It's like 100 miles. You know, afterwards, everyone is then heartbroken and, you know, touch the world and prayers go out. What is that? doesn't really say anything or mean anything. Um, they were childhood sweethearts met growing up on Long Island. Her, his parents later moved. A couple trekked in a Ford Transit began in July from Long Island. Tended to reach Oregon by the end of October. I, I just don't like the sound of um, of any of this. Of, uh, you know, that she's like crying and police are involved and just the two of them alone folks again i know it sounds like monday morning quarterback but this is um obviously folks none of this sounds good i mean i think we we know that by now i'm not breaking any news here but there's definitely some lessons to be learned there's definitely some um I think the the element of you just wonder if there was a moment where something didn't seem right to the parents, right? Maybe that's not. We don't really know. Don't you know? They don't really know that each other, or maybe it was too, whatever it may be. Um, but no, it is. It is. Um, been riveted. It's it's one of those cases that has kind of taken over and has caught a lot of attention. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this. Uh, it's just a delightful Monday. And I want to just, Governor McKee, I believe tomorrow's his press briefing. They've been kind of moving it around. Um, Channel 12, as I said, is they're coming out with another story about the governor and a follow-up, and they're already promoting that they're going to have this tonight at at 5 o'clock. That doesn't sound good. And he has not been in office long enough. Governor McKee has not been in office long enough to be or already be going into the bunker, so to speak. There's something wrong if Governor McKee is already going into the bunker. If he's already feeling like, you know, I don't want to do the press briefing uh, tomorrow because I don't like they don't want to have to deal with some of the questions they're going to be asked um, this is not a, a good sign if, if already they're starting to dread if Tim White is showing up at the press briefing right and that's we're kind of on the verge of that happening so but these are As we say, self-inflicted wounds. Self-inflicted wounds. Folks, the other thing that's happening is, I mean, the Biden administration, they're, they're another one. This is like first year in office. And they just can't get out of their own way. I want to hear this. This is a reporter asking that White House news reporter, Jen Psaki. What was his response when he learned about the, the drone strike? Let me hear this exchange. The drone strike uh, last week at the Pentagon now this was a tragic mistake. Um, what was the president's response when you learned about that? Well, the president was briefed um, on Friday morning uh, about the uh, the um, report that was going to be uh, released and put out. I would say first, the president's uh, view and all of our view is that the loss of any civilian life is a tragedy, uh, as was uh, as was made clear in the comments by the Secretary of Defense, uh, by uh, General McKenzie. Uh, this was done in error, uh, and clearly uh, the investigation that will continue is something the president broadly supports. So as a human being, uh, as a president, as somebody who has uh, overseen loss in a variety of uh, scenarios, both as a leader and personally, it is a, his reaction is it's a tragedy uh, and every loss is a tragedy and he supports the efforts to the effort to move this forward as quickly as possible and to have a thorough investigation. You mentioned there's an ongoing investigation. Should, should it be anticipated that someone would be fired, demoted? 
promoted, not promoted, passed over, uh, and held accountable within the military ranks for this? I think what's important is that um, the Secretary of Defense and the, uh, the uh, Chairman uh, and, and General McKenzie came forward and made very clear that this was, uh, they, they wanted to see this move forward quickly. They wanted to be as transparent as possible. They wanted oh, to learn from God. what had happened. It's also important to note what the circumstances were here uh, in, in when this strike was made. Uh, this was a scenario where there were direct threats from ISIS-K uh, against our troops who were on the ground in Afghanistan. Uh, and uh, that was the scenario where the strike was made. Obviously, uh, it was done in error. And obviously, there was a, a horrific tragedy that happened. But I'm not going to predict uh, what the impact You know, was. all talking points. I think it was Bill Maher, by the way, that said ISIS-K sounds like a boy band. <laughs> or maybe that they're not a boy band. Um, this is uh, Jen Psaki says the Biden administration will be requiring adult foreign nationals to be fully vaccinated. Unless you cross the border illegally, then you can proceed to Providence where you can live. Here we go. Starting in November, we will be implementing, I should say, in in early November. We'll be putting in place strict protocols to prevent the spread of COVID-19 from passengers flying internationally into the United States by requiring that adult foreign nationals traveling to the United States be fully vaccinated. Uh, Obviously, this is the conclusion of a policy process on that particular issue, an important one facing many. What what is this like what they're suddenly now going to be following the rules in early november we're going to put in strict protocol prevent covid from passengers flying internationally into the united states why not now what do you mean in early november let me hear this no we do not Secondly, back in July, you opted not to lift the travel restrictions on international visitors what's changed between then and now Well, back in July, we also announced that there were a series of working groups um, that were both interagency and working with a range of countries and partners in the world to determine what the most equitable uh, and clear uh, policies should be moving forward uh, to resume broader international travel. And the older... Uh, rules were not equitable in our view, and they were a bit confusing. Uh, and so this was an effort to pursue that, uh, as was announced uh, in a call earlier today. But I can reaffirm some of the specifics that were announced. Uh, we, starting in November, we will be implementing, I should say, in the be- in early November, we'll be putting in place strict protocols to prevent the spread of COVID-19 from passengers flying internationally into the United States by requiring that adult foreign nationals traveling to the United States be fully vaccinated. Uh, obviously, this is the conclusion of a policy process on that particular issue, an important one facing many people around. Why wait till then? Why wait till then? Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Now, I want to hear um, Pete Ducey. Uh, Pete Ducey of Fox uh, was asking a question regarding the uh, situation regarding the drone strike. The drone strike with the Biden administration. I'm going to pull that up. This was Pete Ducey on the uh, Afghan strike that killed children and civilians at the... Here we go. Back to the drone strike. He said last month, power over the horizon capacity can work and has worked in going after ISIS targets and killing people who went after our troops. But you guys didn't kill people who went after our troops. You killed 10 civilians, including seven children. So does the president still think these over the horizon strikes can work? Absolutely. And I will just reiterate, uh, as our Secretary of Defense conveyed, as as General McKenzie conveyed, uh, that there was a serious mistake. The Secretary of Defense has authorized, as I noted before, a thorough review of the investigation just completed by U.S. Central Command, including the degree to which the investigation considered all available context and information, the degree to which accountability measures need to be taken, at which level, and the degree to which strike authorities, procedures, and processes need to be altered in the future. That's an important process. I would note, which I noted earlier, that there's a difference between a self-defense strike, which is exactly what this was, and I would note there was one prior to this that was a successful self-defense strike and uh, and those that that disposing an imminent threat to U.S. forces who were, as we all know, on the ground at that time facing 
rail threats in real time and an over-the-horizon uh, strike, where we typically expect to have more time to assess both the threat and the potential target. Uh, that is a different approach, and it requires a different approach, and is a different approach internally. And General McKenzie spoke to you know, folks, they, um, <clears throat> I'm going to say right now, at, <clears throat> excuse me, at, at 151, that the honeymoon for the Biden administration is so over. Just so, so completely over at this point. Um, at this point, the wheels are coming off. The wheels are coming off fast. And now it's just a matter of like how far, you know, how far is, is this going to go? How far are they going to tumble? And we don't know. Now, closer to home, Governor McKee's going to have another bet. <laughs> Another bad week. He just is. He is going to. This is another self-inflicted wound. Tomorrow, the Ethics Commission is going to pick up both um, the Brett Smiley situation and also the Tony Silva administration. Now, something else is exactly what is the situation at the border. And I want to replay, listen to this live report from the border. The most incredible of your career. Dana, good morning to you. It, it absolutely is. It's, it's like another world down here, and the federal government is still grappling with how they're going to fix this. Take a look at the situation under here. Again, we are live under the International Bridge here in Del Rio, where, as you mentioned, upwards of 12,000 migrants are still living here, waiting to be processed, waiting to see what happens to them after they crossed illegally into the country. You can see many of them have used sticks and plants to kind of build temporary structures here. Some of them have been here since Wednesday. Many of them don't know how long they're going to be here or if they're going to be deported. But take a look at the second camera angle we have right here, just to give you the full perspective of how many people are here. This is a massive camp. It looks like a third world refugee camp. The conditions here are absolutely horrible, and it is blistering hot out here in the middle of the day. We're talking 105 degrees, horrible conditions, and Border Patrol right now still doesn't have the manpower. Take another live look at our drone above. We've been showing our drone for several days down here now. Again, just showing you the scope of how many people are down here. The federal government has started repatriation flights back to Haiti. It's mostly Haitians down here, but that's mostly single men being sent back. A lot of the women, children, and family units will be able to stay. They'll be processed and released into the U.S. with NTAs. Notice two appears. Why are there so many people here? Take a look at this remarkable video we shot on Saturday. We got exclusive access to go out on the Rio Grande in a boat where we were watching a constant stream of hundreds of migrants crossing the river illegally from Ciudad Acuna, Mexico, just walking across the river over a dam right into the United States, which is right down the road from where this bridge is. You can see the mass of hundreds of them right there. That wasn't stopped until Texas DPS surged hundreds of troopers down here. They were finally able to plug that up. Well, what happened? The migrants moved downriver. Take a look at this video from yesterday. This was another area where they were trying to cross. Texas DPS and Border wow. Patrol and horseback were having to go down there to try to push those migrants back across the river uh. and back into Mexico. Yesterday, Del Rio's mayor, a Democrat, said he's tried getting in touch with the White House, but he hasn't heard anything. Take a listen. You know, folks, they are just, the White House is absolutely asleep at the switch on this whole thing. And just when you hear those conditions, and how about the fact that, you know, let's keep in mind that Rhode Island is one of those places where they are more than welcome to come because you have someone like Jorge Elijah, who is you know, in fact, continues, and he's going to be in power for for quite some time. Where not only is he going to be in power, but he'll continue to be able to run a sanctuary city, welcoming many of these people in. And folks, it should not be allowed. Absolutely should not be allowed. I also want to just hear this um, You know, I was telling you that the rally over the weekend at the Capitol was going to be a joke. They shouldn't have even had it. 
but I want to hear. This is on uh, ABC's This Week. You were on the Hill yesterday. That so-called justice for January 6th Uh, rally, they said maybe 700 would show. It pretty much fizzled. Yeah, it was pretty much fizzled out there. Luckily, it remained mostly peaceful at one point at the beginning of the rally. I think there was more police than there actually were demonstrators. You know, the former president weighed in, you know, just right before that rally saying that those who are behind bars, the jailed rioters, are being persecuted so unfairly. You know, I do think it's important to note here that many of those that are still behind bars, prosecutors say, pose a significant risk to public safety. But even after January 6th, I think in a lot of ways, this is a party that has grown a lot closer to Trump. We saw what happened with Congresswoman Liz Cheney, who John interviewed, being ousted from party leadership. And then this week, we saw what happened with with Congressman Anthony Gonzalez, saying that he's not going to run for re-election in the midterms, noting the toxic political environment at the moment. Former President Donald Trump said, you know, obviously recognizing that he was one of 10 that voted to impeach him in the House, you know, one down, nine more to go. You know, that's really interesting, folks, that since then, that the party and people in it have actually grown grown closer to President Trump. That's pretty remarkable. You know what? People are realizing and, I, and, and people were talking about this during the course of the trip over the weekend, Patriots, Jets in New York, was just how unfair they were to the president. And, and say what you want, but he was right on so many issues, right? He was absolutely right on so many issues. Um, this business of letting Afghan refugees and Mexican migrants in America, but not Haitians, like what? What is that all about? I mean, I don't want any of them coming in. But why? Why are they being allowed in? Why are they being allowed in? And yet, and yet the the Haitians aren't allowed in. Makes no sense to me in any way. Um, <clears throat> I, I the the wheels are quickly coming off. The wheels are coming off the. The Biden administration bandwagon. Folks, right now at 158, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I invite you to visit our website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. If you would like to get a hold of me, that's a good place that you can reach me that way. You just click on Contact John. We have some great items in the shop. And one way to support the program is, you know, today is Mug Monday. So you just go in and purchase a mug. We have R.I. Backs the Blue mug. We have a John DePietro Show mug. We have a Juan After Dark mug. We have a Providence Police mug. We have a 401 mug. We have all different types of mug. And every time you purchase one of those mugs, you are, in fact, um, supporting the program. So at 159, um, coming up, you're going to hear the 2 o'clock news, and then it's going to be the John Dion program. Again, it's John DePietro. I will be back later on, probably this evening, for 1 after dark. Listen up. Uh, coming up, as I said, will be the 2 o'clock news. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. Now, I believe, unless something changes, I think... Governor McKee's going to have a, or was planning on having a press briefing tomorrow. We're going to have to wait and see since Channel 12 is already hyping that they have a McKee blockbuster coming up uh, later tonight during the news. So, it's John DePietro. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're back tomorrow on the radio at 11. Stay tuned. WNRI Winsocket. WNRI.